Hello, I'm Hayden Bloomfield. Welcome to the second episode of the series. We're going to be sitting down with Matt LaFlame, the host of Finding Fire podcast. Matt, I met through his sister Morgan Absher, who hosts the Two Hot Takes podcast. Reached out to Matt. We had a great chat. We would always complain about having to go to work. Gosh, what else is there that we can do? Why are we sitting here dreading going to work, feel stuck, feel like they don't have an option, or if they gave you a check, you were racing the other employees to the bank to pull the money out, otherwise your check would bounce. It's amazing when you put in the time and effort to better yourself, the changes that you see personally and professionally. For anybody that's out there listening, like if you think it's already been done or it's already being done, it doesn't matter. Everyone has their own circle of influence. Creating a podcast as a side hustle while having a full-time job, while having a family with two children to look after. So how are you balancing all of this? If there's anyone out there that feels lost, stuck, dreads going to work, isn't fulfilled, find your... And so this is definitely a great one for you to listen to regarding like really, well, as his podcast is finding your fire, finding really what gets you going, what motivates you in business. Matt, thank you for coming on Benevolent Business. Hayden, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. You are actually the first person to ever reach out to interview us. Oh, really? Myself. Yep, absolutely, yeah. Quite cool. That's quite cool. I'm glad to be your your debut into being a guest on the podcast. Well, I suppose you've been on Morgan's podcast, but for the fact that you're the subject matter of the conversation. But also, I've got to point out, I love the uh, alliterated Finding Fire title. It matches very well with Benevolent Business. Finding Fire and Benevolent Business, two great names, I think. Oh, absolutely. I think it they go together hand in hand. I was like, wow, we're we're working down the same alley here. Just opposite ends of the world. Yeah, yeah, literally. But I think, and as well, like with podcasting, that's one of the most incredible things. Like the whole reason we're having this conversation is all through podcasting. The fact that I have a podcast, you have a podcast. Well, and then the introduction through Morgan mentioning you like I only discovered your podcast because Morgan mentioned your podcast. So the wonder of podcasting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's amazing how how everybody can just get connected through you know, Morgan is in LA. I'm in Duluth, Minnesota. You're over in England. It's it's amazing. Mm. So on the subject of podcast Finding Fire, can you just give us a quick snippet of exactly what is Finding Fire for anyone that's listening and doesn't know? Absolutely. So Finding Fire is based off the idea of all about pursuing your passion and escaping your nine to five. I would say Finding Fire um, is currently in phase one, um, which for us was really to go out and find individuals that are at the top of their game, whether it be an entrepreneur or a high level achiever, and really interview them to figure out, you know, why did they take the leap to start their own business or venture into a specific career? And then kind of reverse engineer that to figure out, okay, what skill set does this person have where somebody who listens to our podcast can then walk away and be like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to try that. Or, hey, that's really great. I can apply this to my life or my current passion profession now and see gains with my career path. So what motivated you to start Finding Fire? Where did the whole inception of the idea of, well, did you want to start a podcast or did you want to have these conversations and it was a podcast that gave you the platform? Sure. So it's it's a story. So I guess my background primarily right out of college is I got a degree in marketing. 
and started a website company selling websites to financial advisors. And that company uh, went out of business, went bankrupt, and we got acquired. And then stayed with that company. We were retained. That company was a private equity firm, sold us, went to another company, stayed with that company. During this time I went out, I got my master's degree in business administration, focused on marketing. And that company was based out of New York. And they decided after three, four months that they were going to eliminate all the salespeople. So I got booted and ended up with a different company that was in the oil and gas industry. That company got acquired. Uh, the pipeline here in the Midwest got shut down and they let go half of the company. I was lower on the totem pole, got let go. So then I went and did outside staffing for an employment agency, you know, going out recruiting people. And it was really my first outside sales job. I loved it. However, that owner had some family issues, ended up getting a divorce. Uh, the company was not going to be retained. So I ended up in IT sales. I walked away from that company right before it closed down here in Duluth and I ended up selling IT. So managed services for companies, um, whether it be a mom and pop shop of two to three people, all the way to large scale companies of three, 400 people. And I hated IT. Not that I wasn't successful. Um, there was a lot of good things that came from that company. I loved the people. Um, the job, I just, I didn't like IT. So how do you go out and try to sell something and then feel fulfilled at the end of the day? So my partner, Ryan, also had a job at the time where he wasn't being fulfilled either. And we would go out to drinks after work or get together on the weekends. And we had this common theme. We would always complain about having to go to work or gosh, what else is there that we can do? Why are we sitting here dreading going to work? And I was like, we got to do something. And I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, Jenna Kutcher. She's a big time podcaster influencer out there. Um, used to have a friendship with her back in high school and she was blowing up on my Facebook. And I was like, all right, I'm going to pay attention to what she's got going on. And she's like, I sold six figures with my Shopify. And then I dove into everything influencer related and came across Gary V and Gary V had mentioned, if you're in marketing or any type of business and you want to get out there and experience different things, start a podcast. And I was like, this is it. Um, so I would say, I was like, okay, I want to start a podcast. And I brought that idea to my partner, Ryan. And Ryan was like, great, we'll start a podcast. Who are you going to pitch it to, Matt? You don't post on social media. I'm like, good point. Um, let's, let's start. Let's figure out what we can, one, let's start something that we want to talk about. And we both had a background and master's degree in marketing. And we're like, all right, let's, let's reach out to other people within the business realm. And um, our core value, I would say, is we want to help people, other people that are maybe in their late 20s, 
30s that feel stuck, feel like they don't have an option, and we want to inspire them through other people's stories, we want to get them that education, and ultimately motivate them to go out and at least start, right? Start thinking about what you want to do. Start pursuing something that you want to do. Doesn't You don't have to quit your nine to five today. You can go out and you can start slow. We've had this podcast up and running now, coming up on two years, and we're taking our time with it. We're building it um, up as we go. Uh, there's no rush, but at least now we feel like we have a purpose and um, we we enjoy what we're doing. I want to reverse back to the start of your story. You said about started your own business and you experienced sort of the business falling apart or you were entering bankruptcy and so you were acquired. Can you talk me through that journey there of starting a business? So you just got your degree in marketing, started a business. So I guess I, I didn't start that company. It was my first like it was my first career job, my first nine to five out of college. It was a super interesting place to work. It was an up and coming business in the, the area, I'll say. And I was working with people from Los Angeles and New York and it, it was a really great job at the time. Um, gave me a lot of great experience with phone sales, cold calling, um, having the interaction between um, the East Coast and the West Coast. Um, people just have such different personalities. Um, it really gave me the opportunity to to hone my skills and learn how to match other people's energy, I'll say. Um and there, but there was times with that company where they would come to you, management would come to you and be like, Hey, Hayden, um, gosh, we're really tight on payroll. Can you go a week without a check? Yeah, I guess I can do that. And then you'd wait a week. And then that next week, your check wouldn't be there. Or if they gave you a check, you were racing the other employees to the bank to pull the money out. Otherwise your check would bounce. They needed to be acquired and they did. And it worked out for a period of time with the, with the next company, but a private equity firm that bought that company, their job is to build it up and sell it. So it, it was a ride. It was a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, that's got to put a lot of strain on you. Your first career move out of uni and you've joined a company that's gone bankrupt. That's not going to put you in the highest of motivations to, to go build a career. Exactly. So I, I really, I needed something that was going to be a home and long-term. And, um, I did ultimately while I was with that IT company, that's when we started this. Um, I did find a position here in town, um, selling elevators. Um, one of my good friends from college was working at this elevator company and he called me. He said, Hey, I hear you don't like what you're doing. I'm like, no, not really. He's like, come over and work for me. You're going to love it. And I was like, well, I got nothing to lose. Um, so I moved on to elevator sales and I do love it. I, I like selling elevators a lot. <laughs> oh, nice. That's wonderful. It's wonderful to know that you've got a position now where you're happy and obviously got the podcast as the side, side hustle and hobby that gives you extra motivation as well. So what have, you, what have you learned in creating, in having the podcast now for a couple of years? What have you... What would you say have been the biggest lessons for you in having that podcast? I got I got 
two or three that I'll just mention. I would say just start. If there's anything that you can do, just start. Um, we kicked the can down the road for a year, year and a half. We had our first post written up. We had content. We had we had all the things. We had the mics. We had the computer. We had everything you needed to get started. We just weren't comfortable at the time or thought we weren't to put ourselves out there. Everything had to be perfect. We wanted an intro song. We wanted better graphics, better recording equipment. I mean, we, we delayed for over a year. So rather than two years, like what could at year three, where would I be at today? So I hear that a lot with the entrepreneurs that I interview. It's just start. And honestly, once we kicked that first post out announcing that we were starting this, it was a big weight off of our shoulders. And it was like, okay, now it's go time. Once you start the momentum, it just starts rolling. That's probably the biggest thing. And then for me personally, starting this podcast, it gave me purpose. It gave me something to drive for where while I was sitting and complaining about work, uh, that wasn't getting me anywhere. Having found this and something that I am passionate about, um, really a lot of personal growth happens when you are trying to become a better version of yourself. There's no more complaining, a lot less excuse making, not, not blaming work anymore. Um, it, it's amazing when you put in the time and effort to better yourself, the changes that you see personally and professionally. I just am in such a better mental state today than I was two to three years ago. Was you the first person you knew starting a podcast? So did you know other people that had created their own podcast or? I didn't know anybody, I guess. I knew Jenna Kutcher and she had started this podcast and was a really big deal. Um, we had kind of lost touch um, at this point. Um, but in my social circle or anyone that I knew, I didn't know anybody to go out to and be like, Hey, what are you using? How do you do this? How do you do that? I basically just went out. I'm like, Hey, we're doing this. And once we decided I went out, I bought all the equipment that I needed. Um, since I've started, uh, Morgan, who you interviewed at two hot takes, she started up her podcast and thankfully her boyfriend is a music producer. And he's like, Hey, you need to switch out these mics. You need a different mixer. So we've gradually gotten better as we've gone along. I'd love to come on to the topic of that. The fact that, yeah, podcasting now is running in the family. And so Morgan started her podcast a year. Because when she mentioned it, when I interviewed her, I said, like, she started a year after you or something. Yep. Was Morgan coming to you for, like, advice and tips and stuff? Or was that not part of the conversation? Yeah, I started and she kind of asked me about it nonchalantly. Like, oh, hey, what are you doing? Um there wasn't a really deep conversation um, about podcasting. She just wanted to know, hey, how easy is it? I'm like, super easy. Go spend the 500 bucks that you need to go out and do it, and here you go. Like, you'll, you'll be started. Just start. And Morgan told me kind of what she was doing. She's like, I'm going to read Reddit stories and give our take on it. I was like, that, I don't know how that can be successful, Morgan. <laughs> like... Apparently entertainment is a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot of people like entertainment. I'll tell you that. Um, Morgan kind of blew up over, gosh, 
within her first three months, she had surpassed my follower count and she is just, she has taken ownership of that and she, she works her tail off and it's amazing to see what she's done in just a year. Mm. Yeah. It's been incredible. So on that, as uh, the brother that started his podcast first, how, how has that felt? Cause knowing, knowing myself, I would, as much as I would be like clapping and celebrating and cheering on my sister with the podcast, the fact that I'd started a podcast first, especially one about business and then seen an entertainment podcast become a business in itself and become very successful. I would, there'd be a lot of frustration, I guess, and envy and a lot of frustration. (laughs) Sure. I do joke about it from time to time and gosh, I'm the loser of the family now. Like, you know, just nonchalant joking about it. Uh, honestly, I'm super proud of Morgan. Um, I, I don't have a lot of envy. I think that I knew with starting an educational podcast and starting this from more of a a local aspect and finding local entrepreneurs, um, I knew that it would be a slower growth trend and I'm okay with that. I, I, me and Morgan are in two very different places in our lives So I have a nine to five. I make six figures right now. So to walk away from that is a lot more difficult. When Morgan started, I think COVID was right there just starting in February. And nope, I'm going to take that back. She graduated when COVID had started. And she couldn't find a job for those first six to eight months. And she's like, I'm going to start this. So that kind of separated us. And then I have two kids. Morgan doesn't. I have a wife. Morgan just has a boyfriend. So there's, there's different commitments that slow myself down and my partner, same situation as me. It's, it slows us down a little bit where Morgan can commit to, you know, 40 hours of editing a week or 60 hours, however much work she has to put in, um, you know, she has to go out and do that. You mentioned with Finding Fire, you're sort of at like this first change and you're moving on to the next stages. So what is your ambition with Finding Fire? What what do you want to achieve with this podcast? Eventually, ultimately, the goal is finan- uh, financial freedom, right? So whether this remains a side hustle and it contributes to becoming more financially free or ultimately the dream, right, would be to walk away from your nine to five have the ability to run financial fire as a full-blown company, whether it be specializing in digital marketing, consulting. Um, my background has primarily been sales. I would love to go out and do trainings on how to be a better sales associate, account manager. Right now, our current plans are, uh, we were in phase one that, uh, inspiration phase, right? So we are transitioning to phase two, I'll call it. And we are going to start trying to do more educational posts where you see more of me and Ryan rather than entrepreneurs, where we go out and we find topics where we can then start educating people on how to be a better, whether it's a sales associate, how to get past gatekeepers, how to do Facebook ads, how to do Pinterest ads, you know, whatever it may be to 
help other people, again, further along their business and give them skills that they would need. Um, that's kind of the way we're transitioning. And then one of the more entertaining things, um, Morgan has convinced Ryan and I to start finding some Reddits that revolve around business and giving our, our professional business take. So we just recorded an episode last night and that should be coming out here within, within a week. So you'll hear a, a Reddit review episode from finding fire. <laughs> wow. She's uh, influenced you into delving into the world of Reddit. Yeah. And we, and I even approached her when she asked him like, I don't want to necessarily copy you. She's like, Matt, there are tons and tons of people out there that do Reddit reviews. You are not going to be the first, nor was I. So go out. It's popular right now and do what works. And I was like, okay, you're right. You, you sold me. So we're going to, we're going to give that a go. I'm just interrupting with, we don't have any official sponsors on the podcast. So I'm going to use this opportunity to shout about some benevolent businesses that I see in the world that I use myself personally, that I want to encourage you to try out and just get the best out of what businesses have to offer. So I'm going to be shouting about Huel. I became a Huligan a few months ago and it was actually because they sponsored Diary of CEO podcast with Stephen Bartlett and Stephen Bartlett was always screaming about it and talking about it. So yes, of course, there's huge benefits. I tried it out purely based on the idea that as I'm trying to become more and more plant-based and I'm vegetarian, but I'm trying to be more vegan, Huel is a great way for me to kind of increase that as it's completely plant-based, it's vegan. So it's a way for me to, I don't use it as a milk supplement, but I do use it, I don't use it as a milk supplement, but I do use it as a way to just get more protein and more vitamins and minerals into my diet on a daily basis. It's been a huge help for me. The biggest thing, I'd before I talk to you about the biggest benefit, I'll mention some of the downsides really, is I started by trying the ready to drink Huels, and I have to be honest, they are disgusting. They taste far, anyone that can say they taste nice, I just can't agree with. Don't understand how you can enjoy the taste of it. Something that's wrong with your taste buds. But I pursued, kept trying, and in the end I bought the bags where you mix it yourself. I got the black edition with the extra protein. Those I do get along with a lot better, but do be prepared with that. It is something that the taste isn't there, but the health benefits are definitely there when you actually go through the ingredients and what it's full of. It is incredible what they can fit into one drink being 400 calories, despite the fact it's 40 grams of protein. It's got 26 vitamins and minerals in it. And the biggest biggest benefit I've seen is uh, my hobby skateboarding. Straight away I found if I drank a Huel, I was suffering a lot with like fatigue. So I would go skate, come home, and the next day like my thighs would be aching, legs are aching all over just from like wearing myself out. Yet I found if I drank a Huel, because of all the nutrients I'm getting and the extra protein of course, my legs were fine. I literally, my recovery time went from like a day or two to zero. I didn't need any recovery time. I could go skate day after day. And in fact, I'm, in Jamaica right now, on a six-week trip volunteering, I've had a Huel, brought Huel with me, which again, helps out massively. It's just a way for me to boost the nutrients I'm getting on a day-to-day -day basis. And I literally have run out last few days and I've noticed my legs are aching where I'm trying to skate, but because I'm not getting my Huel each day, I'm aching. So I can't wait to get home, get a fresh batch. So check it out for yourself. Let me know what you think, if you like it, if you don't. And of course, the other thing I will mention is I did talk about the taste and not liking it so much. However, you can mix it up, create all kinds of different shakes and whatnot. People have done some incredible things. So check them out on Instagram. You'll get all kinds of inspiration there. Back to the podcast. Yeah, to be fair, even like you say about that and copying the whole thing, like even my, my girlfriend, who is conveniently named Morgan, 
we like we've done so much stuff like within our own relationship of so much communication talking around things that I do to annoy her and how I can stop doing that <laughs> yeah where we've just done so much work on our relationship and really trying to understand how to communicate how to communicate to each other well where we want to go in life those kinds of drivers and ambitions it's got to the point now where she's just an incredibly wise and intelligent woman that is like when I had so many struggles in my own company someone who had the answers was often my girlfriend Morgan uh, much to my frustration at times when she just had so many ideas and how I could work around and how to word things to come across more empathetic and compassionate. So she's incredible, but it was frustrating at times. But like we've had the conversation of doing some sort of podcast ourselves on on relationship things. And just even then, I'm like, we could just go into Reddit, find all these stories, give our takes on it. And there's the podcast. The material is there. It is, it is like a genius business model for a podcast. The idea of like all the content's there. The ideas are there. You've just got to, as long as you can convey it in an entertaining way and give some interesting feedback on it, maybe something a bit polarizing here and there to really sparkle up some some fire in your audience, then you're good. Yeah, it is, it is very odd that you just brought that entire conversation up between you and your girlfriend. Um, I will say one of the most frustrating things for me is when Ryan and I are here doing work and my wife will be over there sitting on the couch and she'd be like, Oh, Hey, you should word this differently. Or you, I'm like, it is frustrating. And then to another point of yours that you said, um, Morgan has also convinced my wife that we should start a relationship parenting life reddit podcast so uh married in the midwest reddit takes it's a working title but we are we are working on recording that here over the next couple weeks um so yeah crazy and i will say for anybody that's out there listening like if you think it's already been done or it's already being done it doesn't matter everyone has their own circle of influence and reach. And if Hayden, if you started this at the same time that we drop ours, like we are going to reach completely different audiences. So everyone, there's enough money out in the world that everybody can go out and get it. Exactly. And if someone has done your idea before, they've just given you a bit of evidence and an idea of how to maybe take some of the ideas to see what works. I mean, yeah, unless you're going to create the exact same thing like don't take the name as well but just give your own name and give your own spin your own different like turn on things but as you said like like I started I started a garden company like there was an abundance of garden companies in my local area I didn't even bother researching how many of them there were I just I knew there were a few I knew of a few and I just started up on my own and it still baffles me like in terms of starting a business and having it and years later where where it was growing of the fact that every client I knew every staff member I took on that was employed by me all came from just this inception point where I managed to do one garden job and that client and the fact that if I never started it, that relationship would never exist. And I always found it baffling, but as you said, just just because it already exists doesn't mean you can't go out and start it yourself. And it's just take inspiration from it and see it as evidence, like real life evidence to base your idea on to say, oh, it does work because someone else has done it and I can replicate that, I can be inspired by it give my own twist to it and recreate it in my own unique way. Exactly. Yep. You've mentioned obviously the differences there 
in terms of your structure when you said to Morgan being able to give this time. So one thing I'm really curious about is how do you manage your time creating a podcast as a side hustle while having a full-time job, while having a family with two children to look after? So how are you balancing all of this between you and Ryan? Yeah, there's really not a lot of balance. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Um, here's what I'll tell you. We, Ryan and I both had the agreement when we have started this, and it was, you know, our families are very important to us. We don't want to take away a ton of time from that. So that means that, you know, our kids go to bed around 7.30, 8 p.m., so guess what? We're either meeting around 8.30 or 9 p.m. And we're going to work until 11, 12, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock at times. So really whatever it takes is the commitment that we've made to each other that we're going to do that. It might mean that you're going to be really tired on a Monday morning when you have to go to work. But that's a sacrifice that we're willing to make now. So hopefully it'll pay off down the road. You know, I have to get the kids off to daycare by 8 a.m. I'm at work usually by that time. And I work till 5, come home, do dinner, do whatever housework has to happen, and hang out with the kids, spend time with my wife. But right now we are on a typically anywhere from two to three days a week uh, we've dedicated to meet. And those are our days that... You know, Amy, my wife, and Liz, Ryan's wife, they know that, hey, um, we're not going to be doing anything on these days because at 9 o'clock, either I'm leaving the house or Ryan's leaving the house. And we meet at each other's house, so um, it, it just works out for us. But, yeah, it, it takes a lot, and there are days where you're like, I do not want to go to Ryan's house. It's already 9, and we... We do make exceptions from time to time. We'll say, hey, what do you think about switching this to tomorrow? It was a brutal day. And we have that working relationship where it's like, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll just pick it up tomorrow. Not a, not the end of the world. Now, again, this isn't a full-fledged business in comparison to you know, other people, Morgan, people that it is their business. Like, they have to put in the hours. This is a side hustle and we're, again, we're taking it slow. So that's where part of that balance comes in is being able to rework some things if it doesn't work out. I'm curious there, you like, it sounds like a very busy life and a lot of time. Burnout, does that become an issue for you? Do you worry about that if you're, if you're, I mean, you've said between Ryan and you, you are, you can be flexible, you can have that conversation, but are you at all concerned that you are working full time, you are, a parent as well, and a partner, and a homeowner, which comes with responsibilities of getting everything done, as you said. So are you concerned at all that you are committing a lot of time to just being so active and doing that it may come back to bite you in the future? I guess I'll ask, what's the worst that's going to happen? How, how bad am I going to get bit? Is it just burnout and I find that this isn't my passion anymore, that I'm not passionate about it? Okay, I guess I need to reanalyze then. Um, I'm a pretty energetic individual. Um, I don't need a ton of sleep. I like sleep, but I don't need it. And I guess, yeah, what's what's the worst that's going to happen? I Am I very busy? Yes. Are there days where I'm like, 
holy cow, I need to take a break. I need a vacation. Yes, absolutely. I think everyone gets to that point. But at the end of the day, I just think like, where do I want to be at the end of the day? Those are the goals that I'm trying to shoot for. And being tired, crack a Red Bull. Have a cup of coffee. I don't care if it's 8 o'clock at night. Like, pour yourself a cup of coffee. I did that two nights ago when Ryan was here. So you do what you have to do. And I think that at the end of the day, if, yeah, like I said, if I decide that I'm burnt out and I need something different, I'll make that adjustment. And if we do get too busy and we need to take a month break, Hey, we'll put something out on social media that says, Hey, right now it's summer vacation. Our kids are super busy. They're just starting sports. We're taking the month of August off or September off. We'll be back. That's okay. People are human. And I think the majority of the world gets that and they'll understand if they're really interested, they'll come back. It's just, it's one month. What's one month out of the summer? Yeah. I mean, you can't be that busy. You just said about you starting a second podcast. You want to start a second podcast anyway. It, <laughs> I, I will tell you, I, I think this is probably the busiest summer of my life. Um, I will say I have felt a little bit of like, holy cow, I'm super busy. Am I going to be able to maintain this? So far, yes. Um, I just bought 15 acres of property that we've been working on on the weekends. So every weekend for the last three months, that's what I've been doing. I've been working on a property, doing cleanup and prepping to build my dream home uh, next year. So it's been busy. It's been busy. And burnout is a real thing. Um, it hasn't hit me yet, but when it does, we'll readjust. Mm. Incredible. Although one thing I want to touch on there, you said about you just bought 15 acres to build your dream home. So what does what does that entail? You've you got so you've got 15 acres and you're gonna is it gonna be like build a mansion on there or build some kind of nature preserve? Well, all right. So maybe dream home is not the right way to put it, but probably a home for the next 30 plus years. Um, this is where we want to be. This is where we want to live, raise our family. Um, you know, we want a couple spare bedrooms for our friends that live out of town to be able to come up, bring their kids, um, and just an overall nice home. I'll say that. With 15 acres. Yeah. Yep. There's, so there's, there's some land that comes along with that. Um, our current home uh, is five acres that actually attaches to that 15. Um, so this current home that we're in today, um, I want to turn that into an Airbnb and start making some passive income through doing Airbnb here. And yeah, next year, start, start building. Amazing. That's pretty cool. Yes. Uh, ambitions I've got for myself in the future. Like my dream is to have 10 acres, uh, and create like my own, like nature preserve within and have my own home just surrounded by animals and wildlife. But, uh, yeah, 10 acres is, quite hard to find in the UK going spare. So I have a closing tradition on benevolent business, Matt, and that is the final question, but in series three, I've given myself another final question as well. So the penultimate, not quite final question is what is one thing that exists within the world today you hope will be eradicated in the future? Global warming, to be honest. Um, I just, I care about the environment, the planet. I spend a lot of time outdoors. Um, I think that 
I think most people today should be able to admit that the earth is warming. And to be honest, are we 100% to blame for that? I'm not sure. Does the earth go in cycles? Maybe. But do I think that we have a contributing factor and can do better? Yes. Do I think if we could prevent it, do I think we should? Yes. Um, I want my children and my grandchildren to be around for a very long time. And I'm going to tell you, it's hot out today, like 100 degrees outside. For Duluth, Minnesota, pretty rare. So we've seen a couple of those days and it's like, wow, it is, this is early. Like it doesn't usually get this hot right now. So yeah, I think it's a real thing. And I think that the more conscious we can be about our impact, the better. So that would be one thing if I today could just, all right, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Good to go. Good answer. That's something I definitely want to see the world improve on is becoming much more climate conscious. The New final question I have for for the podcast on the subject of benevolent business. I created this question because I was always asking what do people want to eradicate, which is always something that's dark and negative in the world. So on on the subject of benevolent business, the question is, what is one thing you'd like to share to close on that is benevolent within your own life? Whether that's, it might be a fact that you've learned, it might be something in your own life that's been a great positive impact, or just a little story that you have of something positive just to share to finish with on this episode. Well, here's, here's how I'll answer it. I think that if there's anyone out there that feels lost, stuck, um, dreads going to work, isn't fulfilled, um, find your passion, find what you love to do, um, embrace yourself in it, go out and figure out how you can make that your purpose and pursue it and, Give your life meaning. Um, when you are just floating along, I find that you can be really detrimental to yourself and negative and bring yourself down, whether it be through self-talk or always playing the victim card. I think that when you find something you love and you find something that you're willing to put effort into, um, it changes you. And I, you know, I mentioned that earlier on the podcast. There's a lot of personal growth that goes into... Um, pursuing your passion and trying to better yourself and your whole outlook on life will change. I promise there's that yeah, there's been so much personal growth for me personally over the last two to three years. Um, it's incredible. So um, I'll say one of the things that I used to do is I used to make a lot of excuses. Oh, there's not enough time in the day. Um, you can find the time. And if you're making the excuse, it's bullshit. You just have to if you want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. I can agree to that. I can. I think there's always something you can do, and even in circumstances, I was trying. I've I've seen examples of people that I know of where there's just isn't. It feels like there is no time. There feels like there is no opportunities. But they've. I've seen real life examples of people where they have created opportunities, and even the worst case scenarios you can imagine, even when they are stretched to the limit of their resources, their time, their commitments. There's always, there's always a way. There's a, if there's a will, there's a way. Exactly. Perfect. And yeah, so go find your inspiration and go find your fire. Exactly. Find your fire. So on that closing, Matt, where can we find, where can we listen to Finding Fire? Let the people know. Yeah, it's on Apple, Spotify, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Um, we're posting it everywhere. 
the Finding Fire podcast with a blue flame. You can find follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter even. Um, we're out there. We do have a TikTok account. Um, one of our big pushes uh, this next month is video. And I'll be honest, um, if I could notch one failure on my belt personally in this partnership that me and Ryan have is I have slacked on video. I have bought all of the, the, you know, the editing tools. I have it all. I can do it. Um, part of being busy is I've pushed that to the back burner and full knowing that, uh, video today is where it's at and TikTok. Uh, you want to, you want to blow up and get some followers. You get on TikTok. So we did start a TikTok account. There's about three TikToks out there and more to come. Knowing Morgan, surely she must have been pestering you to get on TikTok and be posting. Yes. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate you giving me your time and it's been wonderful. Hayden, this has been awesome. Thank you.